The Anton Savage Show Saturday with Nifty Business on News Talk. Pete the Vet is with us. Pete, good morning. Good morning, Anton. And you are here to answer all of the questions. By the way, I should say we had Mark Wogan earlier on. If you didn't hear about Terry Wogan's tendency to butter a sausage, it's a remarkable <laughs> thing. But we got a, a couple of texts saying, Anton, I heard Mark Wogan. I'm going to make a full Irish for my brunch today. I love butter. I'm going to try the sausage and butter trick. And another, I'm living in Cork the last 30 years. I went to sixth form college with Mark in the UK. I have great memories of a young Mark. Lovely to hear his uh, stories. Well, if you missed him, he's up on podcast. Uh, and, or rather, he will be as soon as the show is over. You just go on newstalk.com, search for the Anton Savage Show and all of Pete the vet's advice will be up there as well. And what's interesting, Pete, is normally where, I assume because it is the trend in pets, normally we get cat and dog questions. The first one that has come in isn't cat and dog related, it's budgie related. Are budgies still popular as pets and are there alternatives to them? <laughs> That's a great question. And what's the difference between a budgie and a canary? Are they the same thing really? Not at all, not at all. They're, they're, they're both little birds. That's about as similar as they are, really. Do they both talk? No, well... <laughs> Not neither of them generally talk, talk, talk like budgies parrots. Talk. No, but parrots, but budgies tend to make chirpy talk noises, whereas canaries tend to make singing type noises. Really, but they're not. They don't. Budgies don't really talk, as in with with words. Now, I was brought up to believe that my great grandfather had a budgie that would say, "Shut the bloody door," and Ronnie, <laughs> get up them steps. Are you telling me uh, this is a lie? That I've been living a lie all these years. I think somebody was winding you up. I think probably there are exceptional budgies that okay, have I'll the ability to, to make some noises that sound a bit like words, but it's not on the same level as parrots that will actually almost have conversations with you and seem to understand what the heck is going on. I have to tell you a very quick story about a parrot, because I love this story, and it's true. This client of mine, Vanessa, she used to have a, bud- a, a parrot that slept on the end of her bed. It slept on the end of her bed. At night time... Out of the cage? Out of the cage, yes. At night time, it would crawl up the bed in the middle of the night, and it would gently tweak her nose with its beak. And when it did that, she knew it was time. And she would get up, and she would carry him to the bathroom, hold him over the loo. No. And he would do his business and she would then carry him back to bed and he would settle down again. <laughs> is that not unbelievable? But that's a true story. Well, can I give you one? I remember I was told this story. Now, again, this may be like the budgie and I was told a lie, but it came, I have it from the horse's mouth. The former headmaster in my school said that one year, this is many years before I was there, the uh, sixth year spent a lot of time, tr- they bought a parrot and they trained it to swear. <laughs> and then they released it into the school. So he had this profane parrot, but you yes. can't give that to a family. No. It's so he took it home and he said for years he had a parrot in the house that would just swear at people because he couldn't do anything. That was great. Anyway, this is an aside. Budgies, are they popular? Oh, um, well, uh, they are popular. Um, I was just talking to um, Eddie from, from Copswood Aviaries in Kilmacanock and he's been... He's been breeding and selling budgies for years. So he's, if you like, he's the bee's knees on budgies. And so, yes, they still are popular. Uh, And what he'd say to anybody thinking about a budgie is get a young budgie. You know, like not that long weaned and, and, and away from its parents, because that way it'll get used to people from a very early age and it will grow up being an affectionate, friendly budgie. And, you know, rather than just going and buying an adult budgie, you have no idea how it's been socialised. How long does a budgie last? Well, it could be anywhere five to ten years, really. Yeah, reasonable lifespan. Um, and and the, the, the question with budgies is, do you buy one or two? Ideally, 
you buy two. If you've been to Australia where budgies live in the wild, you'll see they live in very busy, chattery flocks of 50 or 100 birds or more. So they're very, very social creatures. So um, ideally you get two budgies in some senses, but the problem is with, with two budgies is they tend to be kind of focused on each other rather than focused on you. So it depends on your situation. If you are going to be able to give a budgie loads and loads of time, then you should get one budgie and the budgie would relate to you directly. So let's say if you're somebody who's maybe not as mobile as you used to be, you're spending a lot of time in a chair and you want to have a budgie right beside you and coming out of this cage and flying around the room and spending time with you, then get one young budgie. And that can work really well. And you um, can let them out of the cage and let them roam around the house. You, you, you can. You have to check the house, first of all, to make sure there's no hazards like, I don't know, like fans cats. or cats or, <laughs> or chimneys they can fly up. Things like this or windows they can fly out of. So you have to be a bit cautious. Um, and some people, by the way, um, they, they, they show their budgies. You can go to budgie shows. This is one of the things that happens on the ground that most people don't really realise. You can actually go and spend a, a Saturday... Um, looking at like hundreds of budgies in cages getting graded in terms of which is the best budgie. I bet you didn't know that happened. How do, how do you grade a budgie? <laughs> you become a budgie judge and then you know. <laughs> and is it, is it like a pedigree dog? Are there budgie criteria? Is there beak shape and colour? Of, there there? of course, yes. There's pretty budgies and there's ugly budgies. Did so does that mean that, that people will groom their budgie before a budgie display? <laughs> <laughs> little shampoo and set, yes. <laughs> Here's the thing, because I'm reminded of it because Gary O'Hannon has left this um, very large Teflon pan beside us. Teflon apparently is very dangerous for budgies. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I've, I've seen budgies and parrots, other birds, die as a consequence of somebody overheating a pan. You know how you might be making pancakes, then you might leave the pan hot for a few minutes while you go and get some more mix. If you do that, then there are vapours that come off the, 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 the Teflon or whatever into the room and they, they kill birds. So really, it's very, very dangerous. So if you do have a budgie, you should... keep it out of the kitchen. Exactly. That's the safest thing. While we're on the topic of weird pets, and sorry, I, I, I apologise to anybody who owns a budgie or a canary. I don't mean to say that they are a weird pet. I mean to say they are less common than the dog or the cat. Tech saying, my child's pet tortoise has been hibernating over winter. Are there any things we should do when he wakes up? Full Irish massage? <laughs> a sausage with butter on exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> well, I feel full of trepidation when I hear a question like that because really it's so specialised. Like hibernation is very dangerous for tortoises and it's something that you really need to know about. I know in the past people used to just let their tortoises hibernate and they'd go to sleep for the whole winter and then they'd wake up and they'd be happy out again. But the reality is that there's a high mortality rate during hibernation. Um, so if you want to do this properly and you should want to do it properly, what you ought to do is 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 read up about it in detail. You ought to take your um, tortoise for a checkup with a tortoise vet, with a vet who specialises in tortoises, and there's a few of those around Ireland. There's not many, but there are a few. Um, and you should get it checked out properly. You should get a blood sample done, make sure that all, all, all the metabolism is working properly, and then you should hibernate them in the right environment. Don't just let them go where they want to go. Create a proper hibernation box for them. But do you have a choice? Can you keep your tortoise awake through winter? You can. You can keep them warm. Yes, it's possible. Yeah. But, but listen, hibernation isn't like sleep, it's, it's not a necessity. The other thing is, listen, a tortoise isn't a tortoise. Well, what I mean by that is there's lots of different tortoises. <laughs> this is getting very philosophical. There's, there's, there's a Mediterranean tortoise, but there's other tortoises as well. There's Herman's tortoise, there's lots of different ones. So what, what you need to do is find out, like, don't 
don't phone the radio show and ask the radio vet, what do I do with this highly specialised exotic creature that I happen to have? What you do is you, you, you find out exactly for that particular creature, you know, what are its, what's its background? It certainly isn't Irish, is it? It's come from some other exotic country. What is its background? How can you best copy that background in your home today and, you know, um, make sure you do it properly. The, the Nearly all of the illnesses that we see, that as vets we see um, exotic animals suffering from, nearly all of them are due to poor um, animal husbandry on the part of the owner because they haven't done the research to find out what their exotic little pet needs. Did you know that when Charles Darwin went to the Galapagos and when they were on the way back, again, this may be like the budgie talking and I may be totally wrong, but this is what I read, (laughs) that one of the things that they were very unsuccessful at bringing back from those kind of original uh, explorations was turtles. Apparently, they're delicious. Oh, really? Apparently, it was a big problem stopping the sailors eating them on the return journey. (laughs) So I am told. Um, uh, Text asking, is there any natural remedy for dog fleas? Thank you, says Vincent. Yeah, well, natural. natural remedy for dog fleas. I can tell you this, there isn't a natural remedy for dog fleas that works nearly as well as the the artificial remedies for dog fleas. I know, if I, as a vet, I can, I can apply a spot on to a dog or a cat. I can give them a tablet. And I know that within 24 hours, all the fleas will be gone. Is that so? Is yeah, that effective? Really, really, really effective. You also need to make sure you treat the environment for fleas because fleas live off the dog and cat as well in the house. So you have to spray the house to kill the eggs too. So if you do those two things, you will solve any flea problem. If you say, well, I'm going to sprinkle some garlic on their back or I'm going to get some neem oil and put a drop on the back of the neck, you may reduce the flea burden a bit, but you're not going to f- solve the problem. Time is against us and normally at this point I would draw us to a conclusion but there is one that I think is an emergency so I'm going to see what you can do with it quickly. Please help me. How do I stop my dog peeing everywhere? Now hang on for a second. How do I stop my dog peeing everywhere including on the front door and on my poor cats? (laughs) The poor cats is right. Well, I can tell you if your dog is doing that kind of peeing then it sounds like it's territory marking, doesn't it? It's not like just peeing in a big puddle somewhere suggesting a medical problem. It sounds like this dog is marking his territory. So like the, claiming ownership of the cats? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like say, saying like they're part of my domain. Yes, yes, yeah. The cats might not agree, especially as the <laughs> golden shower lands on them from above. They may say, I, I am not your territory, but the dog is the boss here in the dog's mind. So... The quick fix for this is very simple and very effective if it's a male dog, and that is to castrate him because urine marking by territory for territory is primarily a male dog testosterone driven behavior. And so if you have that dog castrated, then that will often solve it completely. But I would also say you can use medical castration as well. If you don't want to go the whole hog straight away, you can uh, give tablets or an injection, which will medically castrate the dog without the operation being done. And that can be, you can do that as a trial to see, does this stop your dog behaving in this kind of bizarre way? Also, by the way, um, clean up Everywhere where an animal piddles, make sure you clean it properly because if you just clean it with household disinfectants, you leave a trace of nitrogen there which makes them want to go there again. So use a solution of biological soap powder and warm water um, and then dab it dry afterwards. I'm oh not God. saying wash your cats and biological the cats are having a bad week so far. <laughs> <laughs> it's about to get worse. Pete, thank you as always. That is Pete Wedderburn, otherwise known as Pete the Vet. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday. With Nifty Business. Saturday morning at nine on News Talk.